Greetings and welcome to In Tune with VHBC, a podcast about music and worship at Vestavia Hills Baptist Church. I'm Marty Watts, Minister of Music at VHBC. In today's episode, I'll talk with Shepherd Scholar and college student Margaret Kirby. If you haven't already done so, be sure to subscribe to this podcast so you won't miss any future episodes. Now let's get in tune. Philippians 4.4 says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again I say, rejoice. We explore today another one of Charles Wesley's hymns, this time Rejoice, the Lord is King. This text was written by Charles Wesley in 1744, and as we've mentioned in previous podcasts, Charles Wesley is perhaps the most prolific hymn writer in the English language. The text that he wrote was originally six stanzas, but most hymnals now use only four of those. And each stanza ends with a short refrain echoing that verse from Philippians 4. The hymn text says, Lift up your heart, lift up your voice, rejoice again, I say, rejoice. The tune Darwall was named for its composer, John Darwall, who wrote the tune in the mid-1700s. He originally wrote it to go along with a metrical setting of Psalm 148, so some hymnals list the tune name as Darwall's 148th. John Darwall was the son of a pastor and also became a vicar himself. Though not originally paired together, this text and tune work together beautifully. For me, the refrain and the final notes of the melody are the perfect complement. As we sing, lift up your heart, the tune likewise moves up, starting on the fifth scale degree, going five, six, seven, and then to the top of the scale. And the final phrase, lift up your voice, rejoice, again I say rejoice, moves all the way from the very bottom of the scale, the first scale degree, or do, all the way up to the top of the scale, matching exactly the words that we're singing. I hope you'll have a chance in the coming days to meditate on the words of Philippians 4.4. Rejoice in the Lord always, again I say rejoice, and Charles Wesley's interpretation of that verse, lift up your heart, lift up your voice, rejoice, again I say rejoice. This hymn was suggested to me by a listener of the podcast. If you have a hymn to suggest, feel free to email me at marty at vhbc.com. I am so appreciative of folks who have uh, expressed their gratitude for the podcast and the way that it's allowed them to connect with uh, folks in our church and to learn about hymns. And uh, I have been personally blessed by uh, the conversations that I've had week after week with different folks in the VHBC family. So today I'm really glad to welcome Margaret Kirby to the podcast. Welcome, Margaret. Thanks. I'm glad to be here. <laughs> well, thank you so much for taking time out of what is surely a busy week uh, in the life of a college student. Yes. <laughs> it's wild. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, you are approaching the end of your junior year. Is that right? Yes, sir. Time flies when you're having fun. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Wow. Well, um, mm-hmm. I do want us to talk a little bit about your um your studies at Sanford, but first tell us a little bit about what you're involved with at church. 
Yeah, so I'm a Shepherd Scholar in the choir, and I sing soprano, and um, also go to Sunday school. And before COVID happened, I helped with the little ones, and I did choir with them and taught them some songs with little Henry. (laughs) Um, And, you know, Wednesday nights when we did that, and yeah. About it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, you have been such a wonderful addition to our church family through uh, Shepherd Scholar and, and uh, College Sunday School and all the other things. And so I'm I'm grateful that you've been a part of our family at VHBC and um, the times that you've shared in worship have been um, have been special for us all. Thanks. Um, so do tell us about what you're studying at Sanford. Yes. So I am an English major and I have a double minor in classics and philosophy. So those are the main things. I came in as a music major. So I took some music classes freshman and sophomore year. um, And I've been in choir throughout all three years so far. Um, But yeah. (laughs) What have been some of your favorite um, classes or uh, Mm. areas of study? Um, in within the English major? Yeah, that's a fun question. Um, definitely, I, I really love the poetry classes. There aren't a lot of poetry classes. I took one last semester that was Christianity and literature, and it was all poetry. Um, it was amazing. That and then um, trying to think, what else? Hmm. I took the Chaucer class, which was really fun. Um, <laughs> yeah. I really, there's also um, a literary journal on campus that um, I've been helping with this semester and learning how to edit and everything has been such a challenge, but it's, it's helped me grow as an author, I think. And that's been really, really fun to be a part of, but yeah. So what kinds of things do you like to write? I know there's a a particular story related to uh, some of your poetry and um, music. So I do want you to tell us yeah. a little bit about that. But um, just in general, what kinds of things do you like to write? Mm, I do like to write poetry. And also, I really like historical fiction. <laughs> I um, This sounds crazy to say, but I have something in process on the French Revolution, which is great fun to write about and to research about. Um, but well, I don't know where those things are going to go one day. We'll see. But um, that and fiction in general and not too big in the nonfiction category, but maybe one day I'll dabble in that. (laughs) Um, But yeah, poetry and fiction for sure. Yeah. Um, Tell us about your poetry, the, as it relates to the music. Yeah. So there's um, a senior composer here at Stanford. He's a senior. Um, His name is Blake Mitchell and he, uh, I think he, I don't, I think he might have like a composition concentration or something like that, but he um, asked me last summer if I wanted to collaborate with him and write a poem for a competition, um, a composition competition. And we wrote a piece called Where Sky Meets Sea. Um, And it's about the poem just sort of traces uh, the imagery of horizons and chasing dreams and, um, that's vague in general, but, (laughs) uh, yeah. And his composition is incredible. It's, it's so beautiful and I can't wait for y'all to hear it. It's hasn't, 
come out yet and been released, but when it does, we'll share it. <laughs> now that composition was, was a, a finalist. Uh, what was the, yes, it was yeah. the finalist for the com- competition. They haven't released the winner yet, but yeah. Yes. Very exciting. And um, mm-hmm. to be able to, to uh, fit together your passions with yeah. poetry and um, mm-hmm. choral music, I think is just such a, a neat experience. I'm sure mm-hmm. to have heard that for the first time yeah. just uh, was probably magical. Totally. Yes. Incredible. Maybe yeah. we'll get to sing it one day. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> well, um, tell us a little bit about your um your, maybe your childhood experiences with music and uh, what that was like and how that led you into um, being a part of the acapella choir at Samford and singing uh, at our church? Yeah, so my family has always been very musical. My mom sings a great deal and my dad plays the organ and the piano. And um, so we like grew up in children's choir and choir all of our lives. Um, and when it came to high school, I took some voice lessons and was a part of, um, I was like one of the student artists for the Greenville Chorale. Um, so that was just like, I think I did it. I might've done that for two years. I can't remember. <laughs> one or two years. Um, and that was incredible. We got to sing like Dan Forrest's Requiem and the Brahms Requiem and um sing with an orchestra singing with an orchestra is so incredible um that was really fun and then came to Sanford and acapella has been one of the greatest experiences of my life (laughs) as you probably hear lots of people say um yeah so yeah (laughs) so you mentioned um some of your experiences singing with an orchestra there are there memorable uh, choral experiences that you have either, you know, childhood, adolescence, or now mm. uh, as a college student? Yeah, let's see. I distinctly remember when we were doing um, Dan Forrest's Lukes, and we, this was with the Greenwood Chorale and singing with the orchestra, and we were holding the last note of that work that work is so incredible and I made eye contact with the conductor and he had tears in his eyes and was crying from the piece and he like winked at me and like cut us off and it was just like chill bump worthy like so incredible (laughs) ah that was a really good experience and then trying to think I mean I I have memories of my mom um this is on the other end of the spectrum when I was really little um memories of my mom singing she would sing choir arrangements to us as lullabies. (laughs) Um, And so things like Mary McDonald and um, Craig Courtney and David Schwabel, all of those. And so I remember that very vividly. And I don't know, of course, like acapella, vespers. Those are beautiful moments too. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Those are great. Thank you for sharing about those um you mentioned that you come from a musical family tell us about Mm -hmm. your family yeah so I have two siblings one older brother who's 24 and a younger sister who's a freshman in college at Furman University she's studying vocal performance and my brother studied visual communications at USC and my mom is an accountant and my dad teaches German (laughs) um he has his doctorate in German literature which is 
really, really cool. Um, and yeah, we live in Greenville, South Carolina, and our grandparents live in our neighborhood and come over for Sunday lunches, and <laughs> we're, we're pretty close. It's wonderful. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. Well, um, so you're uh, finishing up your junior year at Samford. What, um, mm-hmm. what sort of career trajectory do you see for yourself at this point anyway? Yeah. <laughs> um, I was contemplating a PhD. I think I have ruled that out. <laughs> um, <laughs> academia. I don't know if academia is for me, but I think um, I've been thinking about getting a master's maybe um, in English literature. There are a few places that have theology and literature degrees. I know Baylor has one and that just sounds like a perfect dream. Um, So I think (laughs) I notice I get a little frustrated when it's just English studies and when we can't bring God into the mix. And I think if I could have something that's paired with that, it would be ideal. Um, and maybe going abroad for a master's. I don't know. I didn't get to study abroad, so I would really love to go study in Scotland or in England or something. And that would be incredible. Do I, do I remember that there was a, um, you were going to do a summer study at the C.S. Lewis Institute was yes. that in 2020. Of course that got yeah. canceled, I'm sure. Yes. Well, it wasn't canceled. It got moved this summer and then they, uh, well, they moved it again, so it's going to be next okay. summer in 2022. <laughs> that was going to be incredible. Um, yeah, that was in Oxford. It's just a week of, like, classes. Yeah, that was going to be incredible. Um, that and then, yeah, so master's. And then beyond that, I think I might – I'm interested in looking into teaching. Um, I think maybe high school English would be fun to teach. Um, that – and I would love to just – be a published author. I know that's a shot in the dark and a very big dream, but that would be really cool. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, do you know what that process looks like uh, at this point in your life to <laughs> be become published? Yeah. I, so I've been, you know, researching and figuring things out and I know that it's important to have a blog. And if you post regularly on a blog and publishers, you know, see that you're steady and reliable and that they, you know, like your writing, then that's really good. And um, I know they have like writing conferences that you should go to. I've heard that um, you can meet agents there and stuff like that. So that's a whole world that I'm definitely going to like think about after graduation. But, um, and I know a lot of preparing for that is just working on your own day to day, like right now and like, it's, it's a very uh, inward job, you know, you have to do a lot of work behind the scenes, like where you don't get acknowledged for years and years, probably, but things like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. exciting. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, the uh, podcast interviews have ended every time with a question, uh, and I have so appreciated everyone Uh, opening up and sharing their answers to this question. So I'll ask you, Margaret, uh, based on uh, the second half of the verse, John 10, 10, Jesus says, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. So uh, Margaret, what's bringing you life? Mm. First off, I love that you asked this. This is a great (laughs) question. So I, I was just thinking there, something that I really loved in church yesterday was we talked about Psalm 23 um, and 
I know that that those verses are very dear to like so many people and especially to me. And I think um, the last verse says, this is not a typical version. I'm reading from the New English Bible, but it says, goodness and love unfailing. These will follow me all the days of my life and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord my whole life long. Um, And I think like the idea of dwelling in God's house has just been one that's really intriguing and beautiful to me lately. Um, And of course, like God's house is a sanctuary. Um, But then I also, I was thinking, sorry, this is getting convoluted. Um, On Good Friday, uh, there's that verse um, at the Last Supper where Jesus is speaking to his disciples and he says, like, I am going away and where I'm going, you cannot follow. And he says, like, I, um, that like in my father's house, there are many mansions and I'm going to prepare a place for you, you know? And, um, I was so interested in that word mansions and I looked it up and it relates to the Latin, which is maneo, which means to stay or remain. And so it means like a staying place and one that you can remain in. And I think in two senses that like we can remain there and we have a place there that is unshakable and always going to be there. And then also like the idea that like we can rest and am I making sense? Uh, (laughs) Yes. Oh, definitely. definitely. Okay. Anyway, I think that idea, especially for a college student who is like constantly, I mean, I'm moving to an apartment in a few weeks out of a dorm and um, you know, homesick and all of those feelings at once, the thought of a place where we can stay and rest and like a place where we can like go, not that's just heaven, but that we can go in quiet time with God and stay there and rest. I don't know. That's been especially dear to me lately. I, um, but yeah, that last verse for sure. And I uh, think of hymn writer Isaac Watts's paraphrase of Psalm 23. Ooh. And the way he approaches that last section is with, he says, uh, no more a stranger nor a guest, mm. but like a child at home. Yes. Uh, and I, I think that's uh, that, that particular paraphrase, the way the, the turn of phrase there just has always uh, struck me as, as beautiful and poignant. And um, I think you're, you've got a, an interesting perspective as a college student, as you mentioned, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. On, on the idea of, of mm-hmm. um, being at home and what that looks like mm-hmm. for you. So uh, that's wonderful. Thank you for sort of reflecting on, on that psalm and sharing with us that way. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. This is fun. This has been great, uh, Margaret. I just appreciate you and your uh, spirit and involvement at our church and for taking time to be with me today. Yeah, of course. (laughs) Take care. You too. By subscribing to or following this podcast, You'll easily find new episodes when they're released every week. Thanks for listening.